Welcome back to the Growing Lean Podcast, where we cover small business strategies, startups, how they grow, how they scale, how they optimize. This is your host, Ethan Halfide, and I'm lucky to be here with David Wiener of Cashflow Strategies. Welcome, David. Thanks, Ethan. It's good to be here. Yeah, happy to have you, man. We, I know we were talking just before we hit record, and you know, you were talking about your history and your background, but why don't you take time to let the audience know about your background? Well, it's an interesting background. It's kind of a long and winding road, but uh, back in the 80s, uh, I was a practice administrator for a large medical practice. I had been a, uh, a chief operating officer for a medical billing company prior to that. So I knew a lot of medical and dental practices. And I went to work for the practice. And after nine years, I got tired of all these other doctors calling me and asking me questions and stuff. So I decided I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to leave here and become a consultant. So I went into medical and dental consulting from there and um, worked with medical and dental practices. Mostly, this was in Akron, Ohio, uh, but it quickly spread and worked on the business side of the practices. Back in about, oh, I think it was 2009 or so, um, I began to notice that the doctors kept coming to me saying, you know, I'm working as hard as I can work. I'm seeing every every patient I can possibly see. I'm just not making any money anymore. What do I do? So when I started to dig into it a little bit, I realized their problem wasn't revenue. They had plenty of that. Their problem was cash flow. Mm. Um, and I started to study cash flow. Realized that's the big problem for most businesses in the United States. Especially and the ones that don't the ones that don't succeed, it's because of cash flow. Yeah. So I began to focus my consulting on cash flow and started turning around some of these practices. Well, um, I knew a lot of people in, in the area. I was by this time in Atlanta, Georgia, and was saying, OK, Doc, you, you have problems in this area. You should call so and so and they can help you in that area. If you've ever worked with doctors, you probably are aware they're wonderful guys are just not the best business people in the world. And so they would never call these people or they'd call them once and when they couldn't get a hold of them. So the next time I met with a doctor, he was complaining about the same things over and over and over. So I finally decided, you know what, I'm just going to become all of these people. And I began to vet companies that did all of these things that I was referring the doctors out for. And I became an independent contractor with all of them, about, about eight different companies. Wow. And that with my consulting practice, all became cash flow strategies. And, and I founded cash flow strategies. So we've gotten to the point now where we've expanded far beyond medical and dental practices. And I can work with pretty much any kind of a business. And in about 20 to 30 minutes, just talking with the owner, I can show them three or four ways that we could improve their cash flow pretty quickly, nice. whether it's collections or whether it's uh, getting them into a buyer's group or there's all different kinds of things. If they own property, getting them a cost segregation study to save on taxes. And so, um, and then they they can choose if they want to do something, I can work, excuse me, with them and handhold them all the way through, become the face of that company to them. Mm -hmm. uh, if they don't, we remain friends. I'll continue to consult with them, but uh, it's worked out pretty well so far. Yeah, that sounds great. I was going to say, what is a buyer's group? I've never heard of that before. Um, different different organizations have buying groups uh, or different specialties. Like 
there's a, a dental buying group. There's a number of them actually, where they pool their resources. The group buys things, supplies and everything that they need. They buy it from the group and save all kinds of money. Oh, wow. Oh, that's it's better than Sam's Club. Yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> Hope you get a, a shiny new card like that, like a costume card as well. <laughs> so, you know, talk to us about, you know, especially with COVID, you know, I'd, I'd like to say it's a thing of the past, but still people are getting it. But it did kind of turn the business world upside down and kind of for the better, in my opinion. How did you, you know, adapt to any changes? What were the changes and, and, and kind of challenges that came from that? And how did you adapt to them? Well, um, there's challenges and then there's also opportunities. Mm -hmm. um, because I was already working from home, I didn't have to worry too much about that. I didn't have to relocate or anything. But a lot of my clients were closed. And that was tough because, uh, you know, some of the doctors, some of the dentists were considered essential. And so they remained open. But most of them said, I'm not doing any collections. <laughs> and uh, during COVID, I convinced the ones that at least would listen to me that during COVID, people have money. They're, they're not traveling. They're not going away. They have money to pay their bills. Right. The ones who actually continued collections through COVID got a lot of their bills paid off. Mm -hmm. The other, when I say there was an opportunity, I began also getting the employee retention credit for all of my clients. Mm -hmm. uh, so that became another arm of cash flow strategies. And they were, they were getting money for keeping things going through COVID. And so that helped a lot. Once COVID was over and people started flooding back out, then businesses had all kinds of other problems, you know, and, and the supply chain issues and all of that kind of stuff. And so I was able to help them with that. So we, you just kind of have to be a little fluid and adapt. And, you know, I'm the type of person where I want to help somebody. Uh, you know, when I first got started in sales a long, long time ago, uh, my boss told me that desperation smells bad. And if you go in just because you need a, a commission, people can sense that from 10 miles away. Yep. I never was that way. I, I like helping people. I like, you know, to be able to walk in and say, I can help you make more and keep more of the money you make. Um, then I feel good. Right. When I can show a real estate investor that I can save them hundreds of thousands of dollars of their taxes. Um, that's a good thing. And uh, I like people to like me. So when I make those phone calls and say, yeah, we, we were actually able to save you, you know, 80, 100, 200, 500,000. Um, they, they like, they like that. And I, yeah, <laughs> that's a good feeling. In fact, I just called a guy. I just did a cost segregation study for a guy who owns 16 rental properties and I saved him over $800,000 on his taxes this year. Oh my gosh. So <laughs> that, that makes me think, are you like a, a CPA as well? Or how does that work? Do no, but I work with CPA with groups all over the country. In fact, I teach CPAs. Um, I'm in Atlanta or the Metro Atlanta area. I spoke for the Georgia Society of CPAs last year, teaching them on cost segregation and bonus depreciation and the real estate professional designation and stuff. I do CPE classes for CPAs and uh, most of my business, at least the cost segregation end of it, are referrals to me from CPAs because they can't do it. They need somebody who can. Yeah. Uh, and a lot of them, for whatever reason, like working with me. 
Yeah. Well, that's awesome. I mean, it sounds like you're you're doing it out of a, a very good natured uh, place to like help people. So I, I think that resonates where you're well, like, I don't necessarily need anything, but I have a lot to provide and bring to the table and people can. Exactly. Sense. And I have the heart of a teacher. So, you know, I was telling you, I've got a YouTube channel. I've, I do a lot of Instagram now just teaching on what is cost segregation and who apply, who who can get it and what's bonus depreciation and who yeah. should consider using it, you know, that kind of stuff, because I enjoy teaching. Right. And so I speak at a lot of real estate brokerages around the country as well, teaching their agents how to be more effective as an agent by introducing their potential clients to cost segregation. Yeah. That's that's awesome. So you're doing a lot of public speaking events as well and content creation. So that's awesome. Well, you know, people say that people say that the two things that most people fear most are death and public speaking. <laughs> public speaking is my favorite thing to do. Really? Did you read any books on it? Like uh, Dale Carnegie? I, I know he's he's. I've, yeah, I, I'm a graduate of the Dale Carnegie course many, 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 many years ago. Um, but I, I just thoroughly enjoy it and will take any opportunity uh, to get on a plane and go speak somewhere. And I do a lot of it, a lot of it. That's awesome. So that's what I was actually going to ask. Now we, now we ask about the growth of your business, right? What specific tactics and tools have you used to help grow your business through COVID through present day, even in the past? Um, most everything for me has been organization and networking and referral partnerships. I big, big believer in referral partnerships. So I work, like I said, I work with a lot of CPA groups. Um, I refer clients to them and they refer clients to me. Mm -hmm. uh, one of the biggest real estate CPA firms in the country growing like crazy. They, all they do is real estate investors uh, refers all of their clients to me. And so that's just, you know, uh, speaking has been a big way that I've grown. Uh, both in the collections end, the medical and dental end, as well as as the cost segregation end. Um, so, do you only work with medical and dental companies, or do you work with? Uh, no, I work with all kinds of all companies. Kinds. Okay, you name it, um, and and some individuals who own real estate. So, I'll work with anybody who has a need. You know, anybody I can help, I'll help. Um, and I, I always believe in, you know, giving more than you get. So, uh, and that's why people come back, you know, um, you got to treat people the right way. And it's a cost segregation, especially in collections as well. They're confusing topics. Well, you know, if you face something in your business that's confusing to you, you sort of back off a little bit, and, uh, you know. So my job is to make it very simple for them and to break it down into all its component pieces and parts and to basically hold their hand and walk through the whole thing until it's all done. And then they feel more comfortable, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. All right. Well, now that's how you grow your business. And now what specific like KPIs or, or metrics do you use to measure the success of your business from a service delivery standpoint? Um, basically, I keep track of, and it's different for each kind of branch of the business, you know? The collections, um, I monitor certain things. I monitor the amount that they've submitted to us, the amount that we've collected, how fast we've collected it, when they're actually submitting accounts to us and that sort of thing to make sure that we're performing. I also want to make sure that they know how we're doing because 
people just tend to put that on the back burner and say, oh, you handle that. No, you you really need to know this. That's the consultant coming out of me. You need to know how your company's, how your business is doing. Yeah. And so um, I'll teach them their KPIs, especially the medical and dental practices. Uh, and then my KPIs are a little bit different. Uh, in the cost segregation world, I track um, the amount of time it, it takes to move on to the next phase of the study, what their their average return on investment and their, you know, those kinds of things are. Um, and for myself, I track sales, I track revenue, I track all of that kind of stuff nice. just to see how things are going. The last two years, my business has almost doubled each year. Each year. Each so wait, year. Four, 4X increase. Yes. Wow. I mean, how how have you done that? Through um, or gathering, meaning through hunting and doing, you know, outreach and outbound efforts or inbound like agency listing sites and uh, pay-per-click and things like that. It's no, it I, I don't do any any real advertising as far as like pay-per-click stuff. It's building referrals and speaking. Nice. So um, strong network. Yeah, network yeah, effect. Yeah. Wow. The the referrals tend to keep coming back too. So, you know, somebody who buys real estate, um they they're gonna buy more real estate. And if you give them a good experience and you save them a lot of money, guess who's the only person they're gonna call the next time? me. So not only am I finding new referral partners and things, but I'm also getting return, return visits from people who I served last year, the year before, you know, it's really interesting. There was a real estate conference in Las Vegas back in January, a guy by the name of Ryan Pineda is very well known as far as real estate goes. Mm -hmm. Uh, And he, he runs an organization called the wealthy investors. Uh, He did a, he did a, seminar back in in January and I was a speaker in Las Vegas and um had a room of about 350 people and said how many of you guys are familiar now these are all good I mean hefty not not newbie real estate investors I said how many of you guys are familiar with cost segregation less than two dozen out of 350 or so raised their hand Jeez. and yeah. I said how many of you guys have ever done cost segregation there were six and they were all my clients. And one guy stood up and said, yeah, you and I did 21 properties. I'm not paying any taxes this year or next year. <laughs> and everybody's eyes kind of. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's so, awesome. oh, that. That helps a lot as far as growing your business. Absolutely. So, I mean, that's that's good because you built up that book of business of past clients. And because you do great work, they keep coming back. So now it just compounds year over year over year. So, you know, I'm, I'm 66. My wife keeps saying you're never going to retire, are you? <laughs> I don't think you will either. You why would I do too. that? Yeah. I why? love what I do. It, it's I make such people a game. money. Isn't entrepreneurship such a game? Like it, it feels like it, it. it's fun. You know, it, it, you wake it up. And like, what do I, what, what am I going to run into today? You know, it's, it's a lot of fun. Short. It is fun. But there's, there's no other way of life. I, I feel for people like you and I, is there? <laughs> Once I started working on my own, I decided I would never work for somebody else again. Absolutely. Uh, because if I want to take some time off, I just clear it with the boss, you know, <laughs> and I can work from anywhere. As long as I've got my computer and an internet, um, yeah. we're off to Ireland in a couple of months. Really? Um, I can work from there if I need to. Yeah, that's awesome. Hopefully. So, yeah. <laughs> well, I, I was going to ask because I, I know we spoke about this before we even started recording. I was impressed with, you know, the stuff that you brought to the table, like Syllabi.io. Um 
how do you stay up to date with the latest trends and developments in the industry, especially with, you know, AI is all the rage now. We're building countless AI infused applications and it, it's fascinating what can be done. But I, how do you stay up to date with the tech developments. I'm I'm kind of a tech geek. And so I love I love learning new things. And so when AR first started coming out and chat GPT came out and stuff, I was all over that learning how to use it and what to do. And I'm finding all kinds of really interesting tools and it's tempting. It, some of it's a little bit too tempting, mm-hmm. you know, Hey, I could write a book and have it published today. Yeah. Using AI. Mm-hmm. But eh. will it be high quality though? That's yeah. Is it going to be the kind of quality I want to put out? You know, I can I can create avatar videos, a hundred of them today if I wanted to through AI. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but they're not going to be exactly what I'm looking for. So I, I combine them and I use AI to help me build things and build scripts and do different things, and then then I actually rewrite them my own way and and record them. Most of my videos are talking head videos, you know, and and it's just me on my Instagram or my YouTube channel. So absolutely. Um, but, but it I, does help. But I feel like that's the best quality because you see a lot of overly produced things and it's in your face and it's all that. It's like it, it's so refreshing just to see one, hold, you know, hold up their phone and say, hey, how are we doing? You know, and, and just it, a completely okay. genuine connection. It creates that good parasocial relationship. And I, it's better than the overproduced content, in my opinion. Well, I, I want people to know who I am. So they feel fun, feel comfortable calling me, asking me questions. You know, I always tell people that I work with before you buy, sell, or renovate any more real estate, call me and I'll show you how to do it in the best way for taxes, you know? And mm-hmm. really, what does that cost? I said, just call me, no cost, no, no, you know, and I can run a free estimate on anybody's property, any any income producing property with about five pieces of information, I can get them an estimate within 48 hours. Wow. And, and uh, they'll know exactly what it'll cost and how much it's gonna save them. And, I, some of this stuff shouldn't be long and drawn out. So absolutely, you make it fun. I can tell you make it fun. You know, it, it doesn't. I've happen. had a lot of people tell me you really enjoy what you do, don't you? I do. <laughs> you seem the same way. Oh, I do. Yeah, it, it's very complicated work at, at at times, but it's always like I'm fascinated by what we do. Like I'm always excited by like a, a developer gave me an update. It was Sunday night, and I was reading through. I was like, I can't believe we're doing this. Like I can't believe we're building stuff like this. It's it's fascinating. I could only dream of it. But oh, yeah, I'd say one, I'm, <laughs> I didn't expect to be so fascinated by your story and, and how you got into what you're doing. But, you know, we have reached uh, the, the end of the podcast. But one That's more question, if you had to give any small business owner, young, you know, experienced, um, any piece of advice, what would you give them? Well, the obvious one, watch your cash flow. <laughs> <laughs> Fair. And how would you recommend they do that? You got to you just got to keep track of what's going in and what's coming in, what's going out and and minimize what's going out, save any way that you can Absolutely. so that you aren't running out of money. Uh don't start a business unless you've got enough capital to run it for a while. Mm. But then pay attention, don't just watch how much your deposits are in your bank. You got to pay attention to what's going out too and whether it needs to go out and whether you're maximizing your spend and and that sort of thing. Yeah. Uh, but if worse comes to worst, call me. My one of my clients gave me the nickname about ten years ago, Mister Cashflow. So call Mister Cashflow. Sounds good, David. Thank you so much for your time. My pleasure. Happy to have you.